0: Okay, then.
1: Ron Wolfley. Ron Wolfley. What is up? Witchbuster. Extraordinaire. Love that guy. Luke Lipinski. He sounds pretty good. He sounds pretty articulate. Wolf and Luke. 98.7
0: FM. Arizona's sports station. From the Octogen Community Studios on this Tuesday morning. It is the Wolf and Luke show. Everything's over in the NBA, Wolf.
1: It's all done.
0: Everything got worked out perfectly for Brooklyn.
1: We've got some clarity, do we not, brothers and sisters? Do we have some clarity indeed on the Kevin Durant trade situation. Not. So, the
0: way it is being presented is there was all this drama, right? All this drama kind of building towards these rumblings that Kevin Durant wanted to go play for Phoenix or somewhere other than Brooklyn. And then on June 30th, KD's like, yeah, you're requesting a trade. And then he meets with owner Joe Sy like two weeks ago. And it's me or the GM and the coach. Fire both them. But then, Wolf, because life is a fairy tale, everything just worked out magically for the Nets. And there's nothing to see here.
1: They all sat down together. I mean, yeah. they sat down. They oh, were well, Yeah, out. that's true. I didn't realize they sat down there. You don't believe that? I don't believe it. Uh, but you don't believe it Why either I believe or this? either if you're from the East Coast?
0: Well, well, I guess we're speaking to some East Coast fans. Uh, so, <laughs> no, I don't believe it either.
1: Okay. Why? What? Why? Where are you going to start on that?
0: Well, okay, there's a couple of things. First of all, how did they suddenly convince Kevin Durant that... You know, actually, you do want to play here. They was sat it?
1: down at a meeting. Well,
0: I didn't yeah, I didn't. I always. I mean, over- that's what they the, did the with sit-down. his agent, I might add. Did they point to the pile of of workout equipment in the corner and be like, "Look, that's Ben Simmons. Actually, it moves <laughs> sometimes, and he wants to play this season." Like I, what this it, is it what you would do. Bringing back Kyrie, KD for one year, maybe. yeah, of
1: course. This yes. is what you would do. Still an expiring contract.
0: If you were, if you were trying to trade the guy, you'd be like, "Look." We can't trade you if everybody knows we have to trade you. So sit down. Let's all pretend that we magically snapped our fingers and everything you felt so convicted about 14 days ago just went right out the window because we sat down together. That's beautiful.
1: That is beautiful right there because I don't believe it. Luke obviously does not believe it as well. Um, Listen, I believe the meeting happened. Ron (laughs) Wolfley reporting. I I believe they talked about repairing their relationship and building a winning culture. I, I believe they did that. Uh, I believe they came to an agreement as to how they're going to move forward as a team. But, man, I don't believe the trade scenario is over for Kevin Durant. No, this is what you would do if you
0: felt like you had to trade him. Look, I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, he's going to Phoenix. Like, I'm done doing that. I'm done doing that speculation. I do think, though, that them either convincing – they're either trying to convince everybody else – that they just magically sat down I don't know why they didn't have this magical meeting two months ago or they're trying to convince themselves everything is fine. Whatever it is This, to me, makes it less likely he gets dealt tomorrow and more likely he gets dealt in like two or three months, which then you're starting to get closer if you're still holding out, hope that the Suns get him to a timeline that the Suns can actually make a trade for him. Either way, he's not playing out this contract with Brooklyn. I'll take anybody's bet on that. If you truly think he's going to be on the Brooklyn Nets in four years, I will bet everything Wolf owns.
1: Okay, (laughs) thank you. I appreciate that, Luke. (laughs) I was listening right there. Yeah. (laughs) Listen, the Nets, they needed to hit the reset button on these trade scenarios. That means you hit the all is well button all is well. We sat down, we talked about this thing. Did we not release that information? We sat down, we worked it out. This is what we did. We had a long drawn out conversation about what is your problem, Kevin Durant? What is our problem? What do we need? To, and it all came together beautifully. <laughs> you know, I mean, I'm just saying, there, there's a real possibility, but you you have to understand that the the Nets are trying to build their leverage back up because it was eroding quickly. And this is one way to do it right here. The all is well button. I'm sure. Nothing to see here.
0: Look, there, there's, there's two ways to attack this, right? There is the let's tell everybody everything's great. And we're not just going to give Durant away. That's probably a smart move and probably something they should have done about a month ago. Now it kind of feels like you're just insulting our intelligence, but whatever. It's called leverage. That's option A. Option B is they really did sit down and they're like, look, we got to talk this out, Katie. It's not it's not worth us trading you for a couple first round picks. You wanted to be here. We got your guy Kyrie here. I'm sorry about Ben Simmons, but he is here. And and I know you hate the coach and the GM, but they're here, too. And and what we've decided is we're going to go against everything you just said you wanted two weeks ago. Will that convince you to stay? And maybe you sit down and you talk it out, and everybody walks out of there. It's like after you had a bad argument, it's like we got to sit down and talk this out. Yes. That's great. Yes. That's not going to work for four years. It, it's not it, going to work for one year when Kyrie
1: leaves. Most likely it is not, but it could actually buy themselves some time moving forward. And I think this is what they're trying to do. They're trying to buy themselves some time moving forward. And I mean, honestly, that, that dinner, that must have been really, really cool to sit down right there. I wonder what the conversation It's a really good Who started food. it? How did it go? You know, Steve, Sean, listen, stop being babies, please. <laughs> Bury <laughs> the hatchet. Get over the fact that Katie publicly called for your jobs. Okay? Just <laughs> get over that. Publicly
0: did it two weeks ago, not like three <laughs> years ago. Forget
1: about the fact he used you both as pawns for why he wanted to leave Brooklyn. (laughs) Earlier (laughs) this month. (laughs) It was you or him. It was you or him. And everybody knows it. And you know who everybody includes? Your teammates.
2: Maybe. Steve,
1: the guy you're you're trying to coach, get your thumb out of your mouth, Steve Dash. Just (laughs) stop it. Coach these guys up. Do it with the authority and the confidence you have.
0: This sounds foolproof. This is what I think. You asked how it played out. I think I think they all sat down. And Kevin Durant said the first thing. He looked at Steve Nash, and he looked at Sean Marks, and he looked at Josiah, and he's like, why are they still here? I said, it's me or them. Yeah.
1: And Josiah, no, I don't think you said that. That's not what so? a passive-aggressive does. Oh, okay. Yeah, I think that's too aggressive. Okay. I think Katie's agent down. sat down, and he okay. said, why
0: are they still there? He said, him or them. And Josiah said, what about you and them? And everybody was like,
1: whoa, we're going to win titles. What do you mean, and? I didn't know and was an option. I Listen, um, once again, I base it on earnings. I hope I'm wrong on this, that this is a joke. I, I hope I'm wrong on this. I hope it is over. <laughs> Honestly, that I mean, that's why I'm good with that. I, I divorced myself from the possibility of acquiring Katie a couple of weeks ago. Although, intellectually, of course, Luke, I I know he makes the Suns better. But emotionally, man, I I can't get on top of it. I can't. I I didn't have a ton of respect. I'm sorry. I didn't have a ton of respect for guys that were divas. I could be wrong about Kevin Durant, but based on what I'm hearing some of his ex-teammates say, and based on what I see, I kind of think he's a diva. And maybe I'm wrong on that, dead wrong, and if I am, I will apologize. Yet, wherever he goes, this is what I know. Drama follows. I don't know what he got out of all this. You know what I mean?
0: Like, part of me wants to just say, look, I'm over this from the Suns' perspective. I'm glad he's staying in Brooklyn for, for the next couple of weeks as opposed to going to, like, Memphis or somewhere like that in the Western Conference. But what exactly did KD get out of this? Did he just leverage the Suns? He got nothing out of it. He went in and said, this is what I want to change. And the Nets said, what if we don't change that? And he's like, I'm in. Yeah, That's how it went. Mm. That's not getting anything. That's horrible negotiating.
1: You know, again, the drama follows him wherever he goes. And the Phoenix Suns don't need that. I'm sorry. Don't need it. The culture, of course, is what made the Suns who they are. You know what the Suns need? They need D.A. to realize the physical specimen that he is. And he needs to play like it down low. That's what they need. You know what they need? They need D. Book. To actually continue to climb the superstar mountain and develop in terms of closing teams out, especially in series. That's what they need. They just need him to continue to evolve as the superstar that he is. They need Chris Paul to stay healthy. That's what they need. They need Cam Johnson and Mikael Bridges to continue to grow in confidence and do it through experience. They they need a
0: backup to Chris Paul. All of these things to me are a lot more likely than if I'm in Brooklyn right now being like, everything's fine. All we need is Kyrie to be happy all season. Check. (laughs) That's never once happened. Ben Simmons to actually play. Okay. Let's just go ahead and assume that's guaranteed and Kevin Durant to not change his mind, as he has done. If he even believes this, I still think it's just a leverage play, which in that respect is kind of smart, but you should have done it a while ago. All right, we come back. What can we expect from the Cardinals' joint practice with the Titans? We're going to go live to Tennessee and talk to analyst or former NFL coach Dave McGinnis next. It's the Wolf and Luke Show on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Back. Wolf and Luke Middays, 98.7 FM, Arizona's Sports Station. to the show. Cardinals, one more preseason game. It's against the Titans this weekend. They are traveling to Tennessee for practice. Wolf, you're traveling to
1: Tennessee in like an hour and a half. Yeah, I am. As a matter of fact, barbecue. <laughs> then you're also going to watch some football. I'm going to watch a little football and eat some barbecue.
0: Probably going to talk to this guy, too. Dave McGinnis, Tennessee Titans analyst, joining us right now on the Arizona Sports Line. Dave, what's going on?
2: Luke and Wolf, how are you doing? Wolf, come on to Las Vegas, man! I'm waiting for you. Yeah, Mac, how are you, my brother? <laughs> come on, Wolf! You know how I'm doing. <laughs> it's, it's, you'll uh, when you come to Las Vegas, you'll find out. Uh, carve out, carve out. I know we're only working against uh, you guys for one day.
1: Uh, But uh, carve out a little time. I'll uh, take it to eat. Okay, that'd be great, Mac. I'll appreciate that big time. I might bring Paul Calvisi. You okay with that, Mac? Uh, I'm always all right with Paul. I'm, always, I'm good
2: with Paul. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm all good. I've got enough money to pay for both of them. Come on. <laughs> all
0: right, we're talking to Dave McGinnis. Uh, Dave, look, okay, so the Cardinals and Titans oh. are going practic- to practice together this week. Titans just did this with uh, Tampa Bay last week. Is this something that Mike Rabel is, is going to make a, a regular occurrence?
2: Well, it just depends on the teams. I mean, I've I've done it probably eight or ten times when I was coaching and it really it really makes a difference as to the the coaching staff that you're working with, and the team that you, that you're working with, you know, when I was with Dick up there in Chicago for all those years, we were in Platinum, Wisconsin, in that cheese league where there were six teams, you know, within a very close bus ride uh, to one another. So, but that's your question, yes, Mike Vrabel and John Robinson like to do this. And guys, in this day and age of the National Football League with three preseason games, uh, these practices that you have—I mean, the practice that we had last uh, last week with Tampa was excellent. Two very physical days, two very beneficial days ones versus ones and everything you could do you know uh, uh, split squads uh, it's it's practice that coaches you can formulate and you can decide how you want to work and the matchups you want to see and what you want to see you can't dictate how a a preseason game goes plus you're playing you know you're not playing most of your guys but the work is tremendous yes they both like doing it. It was very beneficial last week. We worked against Tampa last year down there. It was very beneficial. And, I, and, and Coach Rabel and, and, and Cliff Kingsbury have decided that they wanted to work together. And I'm glad because it will be beneficial. It will be different. I understand we 're only going to work one day team against them, and then you know and and but we will work a little bit we 'll work two minute in team they 're going to work seven on seven and one on ones those types of things, but any work that you can get get against somebody else, especially when you 're in this evaluation period, this part of the of the the, the it 's important.
1: Mac, I once fought Richard Dent in Platteville, Wisconsin, (laughs) and I got killed. I got killed, Mac. I I just want you to know that.
2: That, that's to my First of all, Wolf, that's no that's no shame <laughs> getting beat up by Richard Dent. I mean, you you, under, you understand it, now, you. that's a Hall of Famer. So the fact that you would even take him on doesn't surprise me because <laughs> the year that we coached that Pro Bowl and we got to pick our special teams player, Ditka said, I want Ron Wolfley, and it's probably because you attacked Richard Dent.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it probably was. Okay, Plattville, that's one story there. But I have to ask you, what is it like, Matt, yeah. to, to watch the Tennessee Titans, who have this culture of physicality, man. I think you guys are one of the most physical teams, if not the most physical team, in the National Football League. Your thoughts on that, Matt?
2: Well, it goes back to the. I mean, Jeff Fisher—that's what he started with. You know, I was here with Fish for eight years, and that's—you know—that's—that's that's just what it was: run the ball and, and play defense, and you know, and and then of course, you know, when John Robinson and Mike Vrabel came in and took it over, this is—they are—they've got a physical mindset, but they also really understand. You know how to be how to be physical when it counts, and and, and Mike Vrabel is really so good at, at, at what he does. You know, first of all, they pick the type of players that they they need. Mm-hmm. They've got a they've got a locker room that the the best players, as you well know, how important it is for the vets to buy in. But yeah, it it's very it, that's just who they are. That's who they are. I mean, they've continued You know that. I mean, the running back is a physical running back, and you're always going to play. You're always going to feel like that you have been in a very physical contest when you play this football team, And, and the league knows it too. I mean, it's just apparent. There are just some franchises that are physical franchises. You know, the Steelers are always going to be a physical franchise. You just know that. The Ravens are a physical franchise. You just know that whenever you're getting ready to get ready to go against them, because they've built a history of it. And that's what the Titans have is a history
0: of it. We're talking to Dave McGinnis, Titans analyst, former NFL head coach. Dave, I want to ask you about Malik Willis. I'm guessing we'll probably see him a little bit in that game this weekend. You've seen two preseason games, so I know that's that's not a whole lot to go off of. But you know, that was a quarterback that a lot of people thought might be the first quarterback taken in the draft. He slipped, but how do the Titans feel about him?
2: Well, I mean, I've seen him I've seen him every practice since May. You know, I of course vetted him, you know, during the during the draft and you know, watched him watched him at, at, at Liberty and then uh you know, I've seen him on the field and his his growth since he's gotten here and there was a lot of there still is a lot of growth that he needs to take as far as to be able to be a quarterback in the National Football League because it's completely different what he was asked to do at Liberty as as far as to what he's being asked to do now, but this guy is a is a sponge he 's the first guy out to practice every day. The physical gifts are all there i mean he 's a smart guy he 's got an arm of course, clearly you know, the the, the out-of-pocket stuff that he can do. I mean, he's he's gifted like that, but he needs to learn. You He needs to learn to get that NFL clock in his head. He needs to learn to be able to manipulate the cylinder. He needs to be able to know that you can't escape out of the back of the cylinder in the National Football League and be successful for very long because those dudes are going to run you down. And so, I mean, he's a work in progress. But everything that he has done so far to this point, you know, for those of us that have been watching him since he came in here, in may i mean you can see the growth but there's there's still a, a pretty linear line that he has to follow to grow into what you really need to be to be a full time n f l quarterback but he's this this kid works at it he's great in the locker room he's he's you know, i mean you guys i'm sure will will be able to to uh, whoever is here will be able to see him you know in the interviews he's a smart kid he's a smart guy he's got what it takes and plus he's just very very, he's a sponge, and he's very reverent, you know, to the to the veterans on this team, and as all smart rookies are, they want to learn. The, the National Football League is a different fraternity to learn how to operate in, and he's fit right in immediately.
1: Mac, where do you fall on playing the starters in preseason? Where do you fall on that right now, and how has Mike Vrabel handled it through the first two
2: games? Well, he, yeah, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt you, Wolf. He played. He played some starters last week. You know, he played. He played uh, Taylor LaJuan last week, and yeah, uh, he he played a few starters. I think it depends on the individuals. Uh, you know, it, it's a different. It's different now. I mean, in the Nice and Football League, because these guys train all year. Yeah. You know, Wolf. With all due respect, when you were playing, you didn't train all year. <laughs> you, <laughs> you know. I mean, you, I, I just, knew you just, were going to
1: bring that up, you dirtbag. <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah. Well, I mean, it's just honest. I mean, look, I've been doing this for 37 straight uh, seasons. I know. I know what dudes used to do, you know, and you'd use so you'd use training camp to get into shape. I mean, it's different now. They're they're training all year. I mean, and there's a, there's a, there's a different mindset, you know, to this, you know, as far as just think think of those safety caps they're wearing now during two-a-days. I mean, it used to be the first day of practice. I mean, it was full pad. Uh, let's go Oklahoma drill. You know, yeah. we've moved a long way from that. Nice. So playing playing your your vets, I think, depends on where your roster is. And what type of vets you have and and I think every I don't think there's one formula anymore. there used to be a formula you know where you'd play your vets in one quarter, then the next game play in two quarters, and the third game would be the real game, and the fourth game, whoever else was left would play It's different now, and so to me i I think your mindset as a coach has to really be dialed into where you are with your squad at the time.
1: If I would have been able to get my second hand on Richard Dent's face mask, I think I would have been okay, Mac. I think I would have been all right. I just couldn't get no, the no, second No, no, Wolf,
2: I'm going to correct you because, you know, Coach <laughs> Mac always told you the truth. If you got your second hand on his face mask, you'd
1: have lost it. <laughs> <laughs> See? It all you know, out. you know I love you, buddy. Thank you, man. Appreciate you, Coach. Hey,
2: Wolf, seriously, Wolf, get a hold of me when you get here, man. I've got uh... – I got a place you might like, and and tell Paul he can come along. I've got an extra dollar. (laughs) I'll,
1: I'll do that, Mac. Okay, buddy. Thanks for having me on, guys. Okay, man. Thank, Thank you, coach. you, Coach.
0: That's Dave McGinnis joining us on the Arizona Sports Line. I'm surprised you didn't ask if they sure served a salad at this barbecue place. He's for oh man,
1: I'll tell you what, this guy is just a laugh. A second too, when you go out, and he starts telling you stories. It is unbelievable. This this is what
0: your Tennessee trip's going to be like just partying <laughs> and barbecuing and talking about football. Little barbecue. Text us your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. When we come back, Kyler Murray's joining forces with another one of his former Oklahoma teammates. We'll tell you why it was a good move for the Cardinals. That's next. It's the Wolf and Luke Show, 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Wolf and Luke Middays, 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. One byproduct, if you really believe that everything's great in Brooklyn because they sat down and had dinner together or whatever, yeah. Patrick Beverley is pretty upset about it on Twitter. He's going off on Durant, who's quote-tweeting it, saying, hashtag, blame KD. So Wait a minute.
2: Pat Bev? Is, I mean, he's Kevin Durant.
0: Pat Bev. He's uh, going off. He, I mean, it's Pat Bev. He's always kind of going off. Kind he? of. He tweeted out, y'all can sit and don't say nothing, but that ain't cool. It's dudes with families out there, out here who haven't got a job because of this KD Stuff and to be on and off ain't cool, blessing gang. And then KD quote tweeted and said, hashtag blame KD, which is probably a hashtag
1: that's going to get going now. He yeah. shouldn't have put that out, right? Though. Okay, yeah.
0: So just, I mean, I,
1: I, don't, I mean, it's not. Are you saying it's getting personal? Is
0: that yeah? Now he's arguing with Jordan Hicks, okay, oh, Kevin man. Durant. Um, okay.
2: If he didn't want it to get
1: personal, don't call for the jobs of the GM and head coach, KD.
0: There you go. Uh, but now I can't figure out which Jordan Hicks it is because there's like nine jordan hicks this is not the jordan hicks that used to be a cardinal or a st yeah, louis right. cardinal Thank you for that yes. he's verified it's a verified okay. jordan hicks okay, it must jordan be a third hicks, one he's arguing yeah. with kd now okay too. well
1: people are all up in arms over kd yeah i'm sure and sure that's, that's the way KD, kd likes it drama i i guess man you might be right honestly i'm you just saying right. no, hey really listen right. there's evidence that is out there drama wherever he goes correct
0: yeah, anyway, back to football. The uh, Cardinals made that trade for Cody Ford yesterday, and you and I talked about it as it happened, because it happened during the show, and it was, you know, from what I've heard, Cody Ford's a pretty good player. And from what we saw you know, in college and everything, you're talking about a guy that, what did you say he started 29 of a possible... 38 games. Okay. Uh, second round pick, early second round pick, the same year as Kyler and Hollywood Brown. You're bringing in a guy that plays with, that has already played with Kyler, another one, which really, Wolf, they do need to get CeeDee Lamb, I think he's the only other player from that team that's like out there right now. You should go after yes,
1: him too. That'd be nice. But I can't get past this question of why was he available for a fifth round pick? Yeah, I know. That is that is a question you've gotta ask. Um, it's not like a fifth round pick doesn't have any value. They do. Boy, they do. Ever since they reduced draft picks, of course, they used to have twelve. <laughs> When you stop and think about it, 12 picks. When I got drafted in 1985, man, each team had 12 pick. picks, and they had just cut it from 16. I mean, it was something ridiculous, okay? But now those picks are valued. They, they really are for obvious reasons right there. You don't have to fight everybody for the undrafted rookies that are out there. I think this is a great acquisition by the Cardinals for a couple of reasons. Number one, he is is a mauler. He is a mauler. This coming from a guy that knows what a mauler is and was a teammate of Ford's. And I'm not talking about me. I'm talking about somebody that was. Somebody that knows him personally. Okay? He's a mauler is what he is. Another brawler just stepped into the bar on a Saturday night for the Arizona Cardinals. I'm okay with that because Saturday night's all right for fighting. <laughs> Google it, my (laughs) young I must run the I'm, team totally, based not, on song I'm totally not an Elton John fan <laughs> by any stretch of the imagination. Google it, Elton John, my uncles. Okay, so I'm not a fan whatsoever. But he did write this song, which the juxtaposition of Elton John writing a song about brawling in a bar on a Saturday night just did not go together. Did not by any stretch of the imagination. But having said that, the Arizona Cardinals got another brawler got another brawler on the offensive line. I'm okay with that.
0: This uh, this is Lincoln Riley from April 26, 2019, okay, talking about Cody Ford. Now, obviously, Lincoln Riley... Cody Ford's college coach, so he's going to know him. He's also going to, I would assume, have good things to say about him. This is not Jim Moore talking about Josh Rosen coming out of college. <laughs> Usually college coaches stick up for their players, but this is what he had to say.
2: Cody's unique, man. You talked about a guy with position flexibility that could play four different positions on your offensive line. Uh, one of the nastiest offensive linemen I've ever coached. and I, Another guy that I think his best ball is certainly ahead of him, but I, I thought he was the most dominant tackle in the country this year uh, when you go back and watch the tape.
0: Now again, that's before he ever played Nets. NFL game. He also said this. Well, if this was to you, Lincoln Riley said this specifically why Cody Ford would fit with the Arizona Cardinals. This is three years ago. He obviously wasn't on the Arizona Cardinals until like 22 hours ago.
2: Fantastic and pass pro, but, you know, he really. What this guy can do in the run game is is just amazing. The kind of movement he can get from the tackle position is really rare. Which you know, if anybody paid attention to us, I mean, that was been one of the big keys to our success has been able to throw the ball with with Kyler and Baker last year. But we've been so good running the football, and uh, and Cliff's going to want to do that as well. And I think Cody would be a, a great match, and obviously get a good chance to pair him up with Kyler, and that's two pretty good building blocks for your future offense there if you're a Cardinals fan.
1: Well, it didn't happen three years
0: ago, but. It Happened yesterday, so now you got both of them.
1: So I love the fact, yeah, number one right there, um he's a mauler. That's what I love. He was Kyler's teammate at Oklahoma. Why is this important, Basinonians? Why? Why would this be important right here? Because accountability knows nothing about checks or salaries or bank accounts or budgets. You either are doing what you should be doing or you are not doing what you should be doing. Period. This is going to be another man in the locker room that will bring accountability to all, to everybody that is in that locker room. I love that. Once again, accountability that goes back to when you were playing college football, not the NFL, when you were playing college football. I love that. That's number two. Number three, he brings depth to a critical position in the NFC West. You play in the NFC West. Who do you play twice a year? Well, I don't think Donald. you're talking about Seattle. I think you're talking about Aaron Donald. You're, you're going to play Aaron Donald in the Rams, right there. You need to keep that pocket square. It is critical. It brings depth to an interior offensive line that needs it.
0: So let me ask you this year before we hit the break, because you you keep saying generally you're dressing seven offensive linemen on Sunday, right? You put together your roster for
1: Sunday, generally, but not all the time. So
0: may, maybe you push it to eight, but it's seven or eight guys, okay? So who are you addressing on Sundays? Let's say week one is, let's say the game against the Chiefs is tomorrow. Who are the seven guys the Cardinals are dressing on the offensive line? He's one of them, isn't he? Okay,
1: dude? so you got the starters. Yeah,
0: you go, okay, so you got Humphreys, Pugh, Hudson. Hopefully, Will Hernandez, Kelvin Beacham. You got those five.
1: Okay, you got those five. You got Cody Ford. Okay, and six. he can play guard and tackle. So that helps. Okay, uh, that helps an awful lot right there. And then maybe Sean Harlow because so he can play. He can play center or guard.
0: It would have to be Harlow
1: or Josh Jones, right? Those would be the two options. Yeah, Josh Jones. Um, but Harlow Josh can play Jones center. can play tackle or guard. But we all know how the guard thing went for Josh Jones. He it wasn't. did not go very Great. well. I, I think honestly, right now, from where I'm sitting, I think they'd probably dress eight going in, and it'd be those eight, right? It, Jones be would be the the, Josh Jones would be the eight. Yeah,
0: and those guys all give you some flexibility. I mean, it's it's Harlow because you need. I mean, I guess I guess you could slide Pew over to center if you lost Hudson mid game. But he has never played center in an NFL game never before. Never has. That's you a lot what? of moving parts. If there's parts.
1: one guy, though, I can tell you right now, if there's one guy that mentally could do it, it'd be Justin Pugh. So maybe if you're dressed in seven, you don't have to dress Harlow because you think Pugh can You're can right about it. that. You know what? Honestly, if Justin Pugh could be the emergency, oh, my goodness. You know, Rodney Hudson is down. It, it is Rodney Hudson, isn't it? Please, everybody. Just plays. Yes, it he, is Rodney. He's, he is starting. It's going to be out We've there won, Right, please. Can we just hear from Rodney? So now all of a sudden, if Justin could move over there, in play center for the first time ever in the national football league Actually, get a rep at center. Against Aaron Donald. (laughs)
0: It's a good way to break (laughs) it.
1: You know, I guess you could do that. And then all of a sudden, Josh Jones could dress. Yeah. Let's just go with eight. Okay, shall we?
0: Eight's easier. All right. Phoenix Suns just announced a brand new Nike Classic Edition uniform celebrating the 30th anniversary of the 92 93 Suns team who went to the NBA Finals. And we are giving you the chance to be the first to own one of these jerseys. It's pretty cool. Just text Jersey to 626. 620 and you could win one of these brand new jerseys. Wolf, you can, so don't, don't text sure, that. Sure. Uh, text jersey to 620, 620. And when we come back, ASU's got a new NIL program. Problem solved? Eh. We'll discuss that next. It's the Wolf and Luke Show on 987 FM Arizona Sports Station. Wolf and Luke middays, 987 FM, Arizona's Sports Station. All right. Wolf, well, the good news is that college
1: football is nine days away for both West Virginia and ASU. Here we go, Here we go. The backyard brawl. Is that what you want? Is that what you? Okay. Let's let's start a season by playing pit. Yeah, that's <laughs> a pretty intense way to begin things. <sighs> Breathe, Dan Marino. Breathe. They're Dan, There's Dan Marino playing James for kids. James um, Conner. Had a lot of good players. Larry, the Japanese fighting fish. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Which he hates. What up, Larry? ASU's, Love you, bro. ASU's, are you gonna Love you,
0: that? Japanese fighting fish. Have him come on and you guys can just argue next Thursday. <laughs> uh, ASU's got a big one against NAU. That's the same, right? Okay, yeah.
1: Yeah. No, No, not quite. No, not the backyard brawl, man. No. Um, All right, well. Thank goodness they brought the backyard brawl back. The West Virginia Mountaineers, thank goodness. Here we go. They should start every season that way. Why don't they? With a backyard brawl. I don't know. Well, you want to talk about focusing you? You want to talk about that opener? And suddenly drawing it out in you? Oh, my goodness. That's there good. see, there, ah, there is it is. there it is. Hey! It's West Virginia. It's West Virginia. The pride of every mountaineer. Come on, you old friends. Join with us young lads. It's West Virginia. Now we cheer.
0: Hey! 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 <laughs> <laughs> what just happened? <laughs> <laughs>
1: Okay, I forgot the words right there. What is the line I forgot, Mel? Right you were there, something with like yourself. that. I was doing, yeah, I was doing so well, and then I forgot. You're it. the doing one that
2: us. went to West Virginia. Um, yeah, you tell me. Exactly.
1: You Just ask Maloney for I the just line. Blew that up right there. Line please. <laughs> like she knows West um, Virginia's fight song. I didn't even anyways, know they had one until just now. It's just it's how we ought to start every season. Okay, you want to get to something? I no, I what really don't this? want to get to this, but I,
0: <laughs> this going to start with me. I didn't disagree with you that the NIL and the transfer portal would lead to the ruination of college football. I didn't disagree with you. But you were very adamant right out of the gate with this, and I feel like every day we get another example of why it's a problem. And unfortunately, I think the latest example involves ASU. Because this is what they're doing. They opened the Tempe NIL Club. Okay? Okay, the Tempe NIL Club. So you can go to a site, and you can they say you can financially support 75 plus Arizona State football players okay? okay so you can you can donate you get like you get Q&As with the players you get access to certain stuff online look you got to get creative so I'm, yeah. I'm not not bashing ASU for trying to get creative with this stuff okay but you got to regulate this if you are the NCAA or whoever is pretending to run college football at some point. Because right now, you've got ASU trying to get $25 a month. And then you've got other – like everybody on Texas a and is getting like a million dollars each,
1: aren't they? I mean, you, well, you have to – No. As, okay, but of maybe course not quite not, a million. But, but, you, but Are they raising a lot of money? Yes, with their boosters.
0: Every player on SMU's – Football and men's basketball team is expected to be making thirty six thousand dollars next year. That's the plan for SMU, to have every player do it. Okay. Okay. Yeah.
1: That'd be you know what, I love that too, by the way. Yeah. If you're gonna go ahead and you're gonna pay these kids, pay everybody. That's the way this should pay be pay everybody. That's the way that it should be done. Exactly right. If you wanna have the NIL, that's fine. Just don't do it for individuals. Pay everybody.
0: But otherwise, you have schools like ASU, and they're not the only ones. Purdue's doing this. There's a few other ones that are scrambling just just to like, can you raise some
1: money? What? How much money are you going to have to raise through where's, this website? To, can we get Al Michaels? Can we? Where's Al? Get Al on here. Al, what do you what do you say? You donate? <laughs> Let's get Al on and hit him up for some cash.
0: Yeah, who's the richest person that
1: ever went <laughs> right. to ASU. I don't know, but Al Al Michaels now get Al. James Harden in on it. <laughs> That's great right. point actually James Harden let's go ahead and do that, man. Instead me, you of know.
0: taking less money from the Sixers, take more money from the Sixers and <laughs> ship it right to
1: ASU's NIL Barry Bonds. So you were, okay, Barry Bonds, there you go. See, that's nice. There are nice. some, some <laughs> rich <laughs> people that went to ASU. Have anybody Has anybody measured Barry Bonds' head as of late? Yeah, I think I'm just, just that comment alone, we're not getting a donation. Okay, um, you were fired up about this. Why were do you, you not, fired you up about this? You don't see this as a problem
0: when you have, you have other schools that can go out. and it, Look, it's tough for me to say it because obviously I'm, I'm saying it from the ASU perspective, but we have been saying this for a few months, and we're not the only ones. You have to regulate this somehow. Otherwise, programs like this are going to drop completely off the face of the earth.
1: Like – well, what I do like, you mean regulated, though? When you say regulated, to me, it means that somebody's got to govern over the the giving that is here, right? And um, that's what they're doing. Are, are you saying the university is raising money? This is what they're doing and how they're raising money? They're not raising much money. Okay. So are you saying this is a group of boosters that have actually come together to raise money, yes, it's the Tempe by saying, "Hey, NIO if you club. want to go ahead, if you want to go ahead and donate to the program, what is wrong with that? The donate goal, to the program the
0: month. There's nothing wrong with that. Okay, but this is not an even playing field at
1: all. Because I'm, I'm what all these saying... other universities are raising millions and millions and millions of dollars, and you're actually having what fans donate, boosters donate,
0: ASU's up to seventeen hundred dollars. You think okay. you think we're set for the for the next? Yeah. I mean, if you're a player." And look, part of me likes the innovation of okay, get the players involved. This can be kind of a cool thing. But part of me also is a realist. How are you going to recruit players to this? Okay, come to wherever. Pick a school. Let's just pick Texas A and M. Yeah. Okay. Come to come to Texas A and M and make five hundred thousand dollars to play. We got for Texas. a
1: lot of oil money. Boy. Or
0: or come to ASU and try to get fans to donate. Yeah. Like, it's not going to work. This okay. is not sustainable,
1: right? But boosters are boosters, right? It's not just fans. It's boosters are boosters, and we all know the boosters. They well, run then where businesses. Where the boosters? Where are the boosters? I, exactly right. This is the, you know this is one of the things I've been talking about. I know I'm agreeing with you, and you're disagreeing. Is, with I, me. no, I'm not. I'm trying to actually be the contrarian here mm, in this conversation. That. There's because no way to be I the know, contrarian here. I know you are passionate about this right here, so I'm trying to drag that out of you because honestly right now I don't see the problem so what fans got together said we want to raise money this isn't going to work okay well I know but you're not saying now all of a sudden the boosters are not going to still give I'm college football in- no I'm but it doesn't They're seem like a lot of boosters give. are giving
0: anyway ASU's trying to play this the is NIL just game something finally something that is
1: uh, right it's and, something and that is ancillary well, to the boosters the perception
0: I would have if ah. I were a recruit and you know how recruiting is. It's like, it's like if you call and ask for your credit score, it just dropped 20 points because you asked for it. Right. If you are a, a five-star recruit, Who and else? I know, I get it. Hey, ASU doesn't get a bunch of five-star recruits anyway, ha-ha. <laughs> but they were getting some. If you're a five-star recruit and you're torn between Texas A&M and ASU, let's yeah. say ASU wasn't in the situation they're in, or use Purdue for the example, it's, yeah. are, are you going to go to the school that can give you hundreds of thousands of dollars yes. or the school where you have to get
1: online and ask fans to donate $25? No, you are going to go where they get hundreds of thousands of dollars. And that's it does not great. matter. It doesn't matter what ASU is doing. So their fan base is trying to raise money that they can actually give Which I, NIL, I find that admirable. Wants, that's what I'm saying. Uh, what, what is the problem if Th- they're this, doing that right here? This isn't the problem. The Tempe NIL club isn't the problem. The NCAA is the problem. Yeah, why is that? Because the NIL, are you kidding me? It's not a level playing field. It never will be a level playing field. It hasn't been for a long time. That's why the powers that be put together the NIL. The powers that be in college football said, hmm, wait a minute, Um, you know what? Maybe we should pay these kids. Because I got 40 guys right here that are billionaires that can't wait to dump money into our football program to pay these kids to actually come here. They're buying kids. That's what they're doing. I, you know, again, it's on both sides, too. Uh, it's, it's not just the kids. It's the boosters as well. It's the Texas A&Ms with all their oil barons that they have down there. Can you compete with that? Who can no. compete? That's why Nick Saban was losing his mind, because you can't compete with that. Even Alabama is losing guys to Texas A&M.
0: I, I long for the olden days of, you know, two years ago where... If you had a tradition at your program, and I'm not, I'm not kidding myself. It's not like ASU was at the top of the list. I'm just going big picture with college football. If you had a tradition of winning, if you, if you were a really good recruiter, if you had a good team the year before, that's how you were able to have an advantage over other schools. Not, well, we got more money. Like, this is Major League Baseball without their, their hard cap that you want.
1: Times 100. Yeah. This is so much worse. And if it doesn't look good for me? I'll just go somewhere else, and I'll play next year. And this
0: guy leaves next year. That's exactly right. Again, it's not the Tempe NIL club's fault they're the only ones really trying to do anything. There's a couple other foundations, but I'm sure there's probably about 50 to 60 major colleges across the country dealing with this right pay now. Pay every
1: kid that is playing in the super conferences. Go ahead and pay every kid. They all get the stipend, but you know what? The NIL has got to go.
0: SMU seems to have it figured out. Or you know what? Let's just have a 12-team college football league because that seems to be what, what like those 12 teams want. Alright, we come back. Where does Kyler Murray rank in the 2022 Quarterback Council? According to ESPN, they broke it down from a few different angles we're going to go through it next it's the wolf and luke show on 98 7 fm arizona sports station